The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm your host Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. So today we are going to be discussing heroic actions we can all take to face this pandemic like real-life hunters. My piece is helping people. Working cases. That's all I want to do. Is this about the mark? I'm done trying to find a cure, Sammy. King Cass is so close to what? We don't even know if there is a cure. So far, we've got nothing. We have found nothing at the Mental Letters Library. Metatron may or may not know something, and maybe Cass is onto something with Kane. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yet nothing is guaranteed, Dean. So what? You can't just stop fighting. Yes, we can. So this is it. You're just gonna. I'm just going to give up. No, no, I'm not just going to give up. I appreciate the effort, okay, I do. But the answer is not out there. It's with me. I need to be the one calling the shots here, okay? I can't keep waking up every morning with this false hope. I got to know where I stand. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. So I'm gonna fight it. Till I can't fight it anymore. Now when all's said and done, I'll go down swinging. We are so very honored to have two wonderful guests on our show today, Rachel Miner and Ruth Connell. Thank you two so much for being on our show today. Oh, I'm so happy yeah, to be here. So, can you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Let's go ahead and start with you, Rachel. Sure. I mean, I think one of the things I'd certainly like to speak to is beyond being an actress who's been on Supernatural and might have played very tough characters and so forth. I also have an autoimmune illness. I've got multiple sclerosis. And going through all this and figuring my way out has been very difficult so I'd like to speak to the times I don't feel heroic and some of us going through really hard times right now and how do we find solutions so right how about you Ruth yeah yeah I'm not dealing with it very much like a typical supernatural hunter I have to say (laughs) I'm being a bit more Rowena about it in my ivory tower over here and Rachel and I actually had a chat the other day which um, I really enjoyed and uh, I think it'll be really helpful for us all to hear what she has to say and hopefully what I have to say is just as somebody who doesn't have a compromised immune system right now but who's also still waking up in the middle of the night fearful at times. I love what you both have said because you're absolutely right. You know, I think that 
probably all of us, I imagine most people around the world are terrified whether we have a compromised immune system or not. I think this is something that affects us all either directly or indirectly. And I actually think that facing it like a hunter means acknowledging our fears, but facing it anyway. And, and it sounds like you're both facing it. You're taking action. You're speaking out. You're supporting the community. And I see so many wonderful and supportive tweets that both of you post supporting the Supernatural family, SBN family. And I think that that's exactly what a hunter does. A hunter shows up even when they're scared. I felt a lot more like a typical hunter, I think, at the beginning. I had a very pragmatic attitude towards it all, and I still do. I can see how we're going to come out of it at the other end. That's what I'm holding, and I think it's important that as many of us who can hold that do. Yeah, so I've, I've lost my thread already. <laughs> <laughs> well, hope Which is very important. So It's a wonderful thing because I think everyone in this group certainly has been touchstones for me across the years and people that I really admire. Ruth, certainly you're one of my dearest friends and I always admire your ability to find very healthy solutions through hard times as well. I think it's good also to speak to this particularly trying time and see, okay, how do we fall back on those tools or find new ones when we're tested to this degree? Exactly. And it's acknowledging. I think our conversation really helped me, Rachel, acknowledging and expressing some of my vulnerability because my tendency is to muscle through whilst I don't want to dwell in it. For sure, you know, the implications of for the people I love and for everyone's economic well-being and everything, you know, those certainly have hit home. And then, you know, still remembering to just have conversations with people, nice catch ups, buy yourself some nice food. The one time you do go to the store. Uh, small things. Small <laughs> yeah. things. I just went to the store today and it felt like I was being exposed. I, I don't like that feeling, you know, <laughs> but it was like there was a lady coughing in the aisle next to me, not covering her mouth, and it just felt so uncomfortable. It's the Wild West, it feels like out there. But one thing is Supernatural is in its 15th season and it's the longest running dark fantasy horse show out there. And the fans call themselves the SPN family. Why do you think this show is so beloved and why does it affect fans in this way? We'll go ahead and start with Ruth this time. And Dustin, you're not allowed to ask that question anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, I do these conventions, don't we, Rachel? I sort of don't even know my own real answer to that anymore because I've been in it so long and it's, it's it's sort of hard to describe something that's part of you. In dealing with this, I think the women of Supernatural were on a really fun text chain and um, supporting each other practically and spiritually and emotionally and sometimes with humor. That's part of being in the SPN family for me, as well as the online support from fans. Rachel, you're you're even more involved through Random Act. That's been one of the greatest gifts. I don't think you can rationalize how these things occur, but sometimes they might start with certain kernels and, and then they grow. And once they've grown into an entity, that's as strong as this, it can't go back. And it's just one of the most altruistic communities and a community that really they eat the whole ethos is that uh, is that we support each other. And I think that has just become so ingrained. It's such a natural part of the way that we act that it's almost like breathing. And certainly running random acts for the last couple of years, I've gotten to see just the amount of positive energy and altruism 
is absolutely incredible in this group. And I hope that we can help spread that to the entire world, especially in a time like this. And you do, you know, and on my end, as both an SBN family member in terms of, you know, a big fan of the show, and also a clinical psychologist who specializes in trauma, seeing the tremendous impact that the show, the fandom and random acts have on individuals has, has been just tremendous because even in the most trying times of our lives, such as what's going on right now, people are turning to their support groups. And I see so many folks posting about what they're going through and providing the hashtag SPN family and immediately within maybe a few minutes or, you know, sometimes an hour They'll have multiple messages, dozens of messages from strangers all around the world supporting them and comforting them. And I think that that's exactly what the show and the fandom has provided. And I think Random Max has modeled how to create this kind of community, how to practice being kind toward even people we don't know at all, like, you know, people in other countries and how to be involved. And I think that's really the power of the show is that it shows us that no matter how many apocalypses we can go through, that there's always hope. And, you know, so if if Sam and Dean can do it, then maybe we can too. Mm. I will say also, I, I really want to make the point that it is helpful to ourselves to help others. And I think that is part of the ethos of the show as well, is that even in the darkest, most dire times, what brings them through is actually looking out for each other. I've seen that in this time. It's been very, very hard on me. And there are many times I don't know how I'll get through, but actually the place I breathe is working on Random Acts. And we've been working on support program, which Ruth has incredibly been incredible in supporting and bringing funding to just working on that is one of the few times where I feel completely sane and stable and working with this staff and just having something to focus on that takes me outside of myself is incredibly healthy. And that's where you really are tackling it like a hunter, Rachel, right? And I see that strength in you. I saw, you know, what you were saying about, you know, you turned one aspect off of something that was being focused on and switched to another and you're incredibly dynamic in your role. I don't know if you can say very much about what it is that you're turning to right now. Yeah, I mean, I'll speak to a couple of things. I have a loved one who's in the hospital right now and another loved one who's there looking after them. And most of us can't get there because of the virus. It's very scary in New York City hospitals right now. It's just terrifying. And the people that would normally, I would lean on to help me take care of myself and just physically be able to do things most of them are in danger zones as well and so there it's literally a constant choice of do I choose to be exposed to the virus and therefore get help that's needed or do I choose safety from the virus but therefore I'm physically going through trial. So it's a lot to have loved ones and not be able to be there and to have their lives threatened is, is very is terrifying. And I think that we all need to be aware that these are realities a lot of people are going through. Of course. And thank you so much for sharing that, Rachel. And I can't even imagine. And you're speaking to the truth, the really harsh reality that so many people worldwide are facing 
And I think that this is exactly what we need to be talking about in terms of that our loved ones might be going through a hard time and this feeling of feeling torn between being there and also being safe. And it's such a hard choice. I actually wanted to ask, you know, Rachel, you're the pioneer. You're, you're one of the most involved people in Random Acts and you are literally saving the world on a daily basis. And I was wondering, what can we as a community do for you in terms of supporting you? Random Acts, we have this support program for COVID-19 that we just announced and we're fundraising for that. So that's one of my happy points. And that's certainly something that I, I want us all to support. Where we, It's not just financial donations that you can do. We set it up as well so that you can nominate organizations and groups in your community that are doing good works. So one of the things that we can all do is, is find people to help. And that's going to be really crucial. So it's important, I think, that everyone look out for their well-being first. And so we're really stressing, don't donate if you can't afford to donate. But you can always give your time and energy and let's find ways to connect and help each other. Can I ask a practical question about helping, for example, somebody like yourself who does have an immune system that needs protected more, you know, is it a case of getting, we need to get more tests so that people who want to come and help you physically can? Is there anything that we can do about that just now? Thank you. That's a really good question. I think one of the things is it's hard because we're still within that 14-day period for a lot of people. They haven't had a chance to see if any symptoms that they're having are due to the illness or not. So therefore, a lot of people are more nervous that they're dangerous. I think if you've socially distanced and maybe quarantined or gone into isolation and you know you're relatively safe, then you can go around people who have compromised immune systems. And certainly there are protocols in terms of sanitizing our hands and maybe wearing masks and things like that. But I'll be honest, I'm trying to figure out the rules a lot of the time. But I think that one of the main things that all of us can do to help everyone who's in the danger zone is to not spread the virus as much as we can. So I'm constantly moved by how many people that aren't necessarily in that danger bracket that are taking all these precautions and staying at home and making sure not to spread the virus because that is saving lives of people like me. This is all really amazing to hear. Janina is also immunocompromised and just me going out to the store today and being in that environment, I came back home, I stripped all my clothes off, I went down and I showered before I even would be near her. I just feel so you know, it's not guilty, but I feel like I need to take those precautions like extraordinary. <laughs> Just want to let you know that. Thank you, I was going to say the, the guilt and, and actually I would, I woke up and had a dry cough. The heating had been on and I had the shame I felt. I felt so ashamed that I might, you know, and it's nobody's fault if they have cough. Of course. No. You know, or, you know, chew and are, you know, are doing their best to get through it and it really is a bit of a, a puzzle how you get your I did the the shop thing this morning I really sympathize with you Dustin I, I got there I had my mask on I got out and I was like how do I take this off and I, I didn't have any, anywhere to put it down 
So I put it in my car seat, and I thought, okay, I can't touch my car seat again. <laughs> and it's like this puzzle, you know, to get your your messages and your stuff into the house whilst not really touching your face and much of anything else that's in the house. And it really is a puzzle. And obviously, we're all just doing our best. Yeah. An amazing point, but there's something I wanted to speak to you too, because that guilt is exactly what so many of us who have been ill have felt for years. And it's wrong. You should not feel guilty for your own illness. But I know it's something that I've struggled with psychologically for many years is that every time that my MS worsens or if I'm not overcoming it, I feel like I've done something wrong by everyone I love and care about or by the world. And it's a really interesting thing that you know, Janina, maybe you can speak to it because I don't know where it comes from psychologically, but I do know that it's something I've noticed for years. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Rachel, because on a personal level, I've been in the same boat of feeling incredibly guilty if I have to take extra time for deadlines, for example, or if I have to cancel on a patient because I can't get out of bed that day. And on the outside, I appear healthy, but after my exposure to Chernobyl, I've never been the same and I'm severely immunocompromised. And so I can completely relate to the guilt of believing that somehow we've done something wrong. I think a lot of times we have these internalized shoulds that really are not logical, but you know, we have this thought process that tells us I shouldn't let people down or I should do everything right. And we have this uh, what's called just world belief, which says that essentially if I do everything right, nothing wrong will happen. But of course, this belief isn't accurate. But a lot of times we think that if something went wrong, like if we caught an illness or if we feel worse or, or if we're unable to do something, we think that we somehow did something wrong to deserve it. But the truth is sometimes, unfortunately, things happen and they're out of our control and I think that's where self-compassion and kindness is so important because I think that we would be so understanding and kind toward another individual going through the exact same thing but for all of us it's very challenging to find that same kindness toward ourselves I find this so interesting because like I was saying about guilt and everything is we're all in this together it's nobody's fault like anybody said and in Supernatural, for instance, there's monsters, right? And they all have these vulnerabilities. For instance, enclosing oneself within an area with a line of salt can repel a ghost in that area, right? It can't get in. Coronavirus is the same thing. It's its, its own monster. It's the monster of today. And as a, a collective group that are all in this together, what are some of this virus's vulnerabilities and what are some tools that we can use to repel it? I think one of the tools that I'm having to learn is patience with myself and with others in that we're all getting the memo at different times. Certain pieces of information are being digested at different rates in different countries and by different states, even in different people. And I think I was a bit more gung-ho at the beginning. And so to give myself that patience, well, I was just, I was just catching up with the program mm -hmm. and then to patient with people perhaps I'm speaking to who, you know, they're maybe three or four days behind information wise, depending on where they are and trying to kind of, you know, if they've gone to see someone kind of think, well, that is done, that, that happened. And to try to kind of say, well, you know, it's maybe not the best idea now to go and visit. <laughs> or, you know, finding that patience, because to me, information is the salt. 
that we all need. I agree 100%. I think we also need to remember a few key elements from the show that can really help here in that exploring the lore is really important, right? So learning from the CDC, right, the verified lore about what precautions we need to take is important. Also remembering that none of these are foolproof, right? Sometimes a ghost can get through the salt line. Sometimes a demon can escape the demon trap. But also most importantly, what we learn time and time again is that banding together is the most important weapon, right? When we can unify, and I think that's exactly what's happening now worldwide. People are unifying. We can support one another. We can provide accurate information information, we can work as a unit in terms of doing our part, which sometimes means going out into the community. And for example, if you're someone with good immune system, so long as you're taking accurate precautions, such as wearing a mask or wearing gloves or staying six feet apart from other people, maybe bringing groceries for the elderly. And for other people, it might mean staying at home and practicing physical distancing, which I actually just learned that the term social distancing is now being changed to physical distancing so as not to confuse it with folks needing social connection. So I actually really like that. I like that much more. So I think that what we really learn is that the best way to defeat any kind of a monster is by all of us exploring the lore, but also working together more than anything as as a unity instead of arguing which method is better. I think it's about people working together as hunters that we are and facing this monster together because it's not country versus country. It's not Democrats versus Republicans. It's people against this virus. It's all of us as human beings against this this one monster. We're all in this together. A wise man once told me, family don't end in blood. But it doesn't start there either. Family cares about you, not what you can do for them. Family's there through the good, bad, all of it. They got your back. Even when it hurts. That's family. And I think it's also okay to be mindful politically that that is the ethos our leaders are using with us. And I feel that with the governor and the mayor of California. I feel they're doing a great job, which is so great yes. um, to see. And Rachel, I know New York's a bit more of a hotbed. It's a hotbed, but the local government has been really stepping up. I've been really impressed with how they're handling it, especially the governor has really stepped up and been a a real voice of hope for a lot of people and really helped. But yeah, it's quite intense here. But it's also, you know, there's such a population so close to each other and on top of each other. It's a really, it's a hard situation to handle. And one of the issues, too, is that they've really stepped up in terms of testing. So even though we have more reported cases, that doesn't necessarily mean we have more cases factually. Interestingly, I think one of the ways this situation scenario differs from Supernatural is having been ill for years, but not having it be a global situation more toward what it must be like to be a hunter in that they're battling these monsters and so forth but the majority of people around them have no clue that they're fighting these things and that they're saving lives and and going through these trials and this is a really interesting scenario because we are all in this together and we're all going through various trials and I don't 
want to undermine just because mine have to do with having an underlying illness. It doesn't make it any less scary or traumatizing really than someone who's safe facing eviction and homelessness or, you know, not being able to feed their children or whatever it is. There's so many different trials that people are going through living with an abusive spouse, so many dangers and ways this can manifest. But I think for the first time, we're all kind of having to realize how connected we are and how much when one person is going through something, we all are. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting time too, because we're also seeing our differences. Sometimes it comes off really strange when someone's, say, posting on social media about the fact they couldn't get their favorite breakfast cereal or whatever from their mansion. And, uh, you know, another person just lost a loved one or, you know, going into the hospital or overwhelmed as a healthcare worker or whatever. It's, there are differences, but I'm hoping that we start to connect more and more and realize that our well-being depends on other people's well-being. Mm-hmm. We're connected in that way. I actually feel that interconnectedness. It's really strange to, and hard to not physically be in the presence of people. I think there's a very human element to that. But for sure, I've had more chats and catch-ups and things with people. And it's just to say that I think there's going to be many great things that could come out of all this. I think like the last Great Depression, we had the um, social reform. I think there's a lot of great things that can come out of this. And I think pay rises perhaps for nurses and teachers. <laughs> um, also to acknowledge that people are turning to entertainment, to podcasts. You know, th- these things are important. We all have a contribution to make. And if there is something kind of really uniting about us all facing this together, I hope. I agree. And, Most definitely. Um, I do have a lot of hope that there are positive outcomes that will come of this. And and also the younger generations that are going through this and what they may be learning by watching it all. And I think that I don't think you're ever going to have a population that has the same perspective or lack thereof. You know, I think it'd been a long time since as a human race, we went through one of these shared traumas like a war or whatever and I think that sometimes there are really good lessons that can come out of that. Oh, most definitely. I'm finding having this conversation about connections and things like that. I'm recalling a conversation that Janine and I were having, you know, we're actually becoming a little bit more social than we were in the past. Like we're going online, we're having like movie nights and things like that with our friends. I found that really interesting that we are reaching out to be a little bit more connected with people. And I think that's probably a a little bit more. Yeah, every technology, but also like how much I appreciate going for a walk. I go outside once a day, pretty much. I am very mindful of walking six feet away as much as I possibly can. And like how much I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I bet you see somebody and you're waving. Hi, but you're at a distance. (laughs) Another thing I've realized is how very, very much I need people. It's one of the first times that I've been reaching out more to friends. I'm a bit of an introvert, and I also am very stubbornly self-reliant. And it's one of the first times I realized I can't do this on my own. And even just for mental health, I need friends, and I need to be able to talk about things. I mean, Ruth, when we talked the other day, it was so incredibly healing for me and helpful for me and good for my mental well-being just to have that connection. 
I learned so much just talking to you, Rachel. It really touched me. And I really appreciated you being vulnerable because you, like me, were not very good patients. <laughs> we like to be the people <laughs> helping. <laughs> and it's it's really, I really applaud you um, sharing. I'm really happy you did. And I love you so much. <laughs> oh. I'm very lucky to have such friends. It's not my natural tendency to reach out and ask for help or share that vulnerability. But I absolutely could feel that it's a necessity right now. Like, it's amazing that you reach these type of trials. And it was like, I know I can't pull through without having that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes me all the more grateful. Oh, man, that was beautiful. My heart just got touched. I I, I wanted to say, I freaking love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So... Do any of you have any advice on how to better cope with this level of fear and confusion and uncertainty that's going on? I think the most important thing is actually to be open and honest about it. The truth is we're all afraid. I think fear is the right emotion to feel right now. A lot of times people think that we need to put fear aside, but I think fear keeps us vigilant and it allows us to pay attention. It also is a human emotion. It's something that's universal right now. There's actually a bell-shaped curve for emotion and performance. And what that means is that too much fear where we're in the point of severe panic where we can barely think certainly might not be the most advantageous way to feel right now. And at the same time, sometimes we have panic attack and that's just how we need to feel in that moment and that's okay. Also, not enough fear will also affect our performance in that we might become complacent and we might not pay attention. And so I think that if folks are feeling anxious and afraid, not only is it normal, but it might actually be helpful in a way in that it can remind us of what we need to be mindful of. And also, I think that it's important to reach out. It's important to post on social media, reach out to friends. I think the best thing we can do right now as human beings is check in on one another and maybe have like a Zoom trivia night, for Mm -hmm. example, or Netflix party is a new thing that's uh, going on right now. It's an extension on Google Chrome where folks can watch Netflix movies or TV shows together from their own homes, but one person will be kind of starting the video for example playing the video and the rest of the people who are watching it from their own homes can all chat with each other almost as if they were all in the same room but they can be uh, within their own households and so the idea is i think to understand that this emotion is normal to utilize it to protect ourselves and loved ones and also to create these kind of social networks within our community within also globally to be able to support one another because we will get through this mm-hmm. and times are tough right now and the more we're able to connect with each other and support one another the easier it will be for us to face this yeah one thing about it, supernaturals like- there's always hope <laughs> Absolutely. And that's that was actually what I was going to say, Dustin, um, hope is really important. It's like there's such an intensity right now. This really puts pressure on everyone's situation, whether you're on your own and you feel that intense loneliness or you're with too much family that you can't get away from or <laughs> whatever it is. Um, there is such an intensity that we can't help but come through this somehow changed, I think. I read a really good article this morning about hope and it really broke down what hope was. And I think I really love what you said, Janina, about fear and acknowledging it. 
and using it as a healthy tool. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the you know the other side of that coin is hope, hope that things will get better, that we will find a way through this, that there can be some positive outcomes. And however you can find that, whether it's watching a movie, talking to a friend, reading something uplifting, or just tap dancing, I don't know, in your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing that I've been trying to do, because fear is good sometimes, but I I also notice I've reached a level of like constant traumatized level of fear that I felt like it's not healthy literally physically and it compromises your immune system. It's not a good place yeah. to live in. So I've been really trying to find ways out of it. And I'm, I'm used to being better at that. But this was like such an intense stretch that it was harder. But one of the things I found one night, because I literally have had nights where I'm waking up and I can't, like I, I just am in such terror. And I found I suddenly just started making myself find like the little spots of like, I'm safe right now. Like I am in my bed right now. And find the few things around that's like, no, this is good and this is right. And don't carry around all the worries about tomorrow and the worries about what's going to happen next and so forth. But to be able to focus on right here and now what is occurring. I know, Ruth, you and I have talked about gratitude before, but I guess it's kind of a form of gratitude practice Mm -hmm. to go, wait, this one thing is going right. I have water. I have this thing whatever it is and and find that yeah there's something um the, the, the woman I work with sometimes Maria Nemeth she's a clinical psychologist like yourself and she says 17 seconds I think it is if you're focusing just on how comfortable your bed is or you're at the right temperature the most basic simple thing or the sun is okay this you can see the sun shining um it's really hard to feel anxiety at the same time as you're focused on and it sounds so trite and it's not easy to remember to do it, but these small things can work. It's being able to remember them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's mindfulness, right? It is. It's essentially a mindfulness technique. And I, uh, and I love that you both brought this up. And I wanted to add one more technique, which is a little self-compassion technique, because I think that a lot of times what helps uh, at least some folks to feel better is a hug and now that we're practicing physical distancing, that might be challenging, especially for people outside of our household. But what we can do is we can provide a little hug for ourselves. And one way to do that is actually to put either one or two hands on our heart center and maybe even do a little, just kind of like a light press against the heart. And for a lot of folks that actually feels really nice and kind of soothing, it's not only a grounding posture, but it also can activate the release of this hormone called oxytocin, which is a soothing hormone. It's the same hormone that's released when we're getting a hug from someone or when we see a cute little puppy or a cute kitten. And just offering just this little light pressure on our heart center is almost like, I call it an oxytocin pump, uh, where it, uh, it can release this hormone into 
our body and can allow us to self-soothe. Some people also use uh, weighted blankets, which for some folks can allow them to feel as if they're getting a hug, just kind of the weight of the blanket can be soothing as well. And I think it's important to remember that it's okay to not feel okay right now. You know, what's going on right now is not normal. None of us have lived through something like this before, and it's okay to offer ourselves some support and some self-compassion right now and to take some time to get through our day. Absolutely. I I did a therapy session the other day that was immensely helpful to me, like whatever it takes and to be generous. And I know it's not everyone has the resources. And I feel guilty even having a hot bath for me is very soothing. I think for the same reasons, I think it's the same kind of cuddle thing, but thinking, gosh, I'm using a lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes we have to be generous to ourselves in whatever way we can right now, reaching out, asking for help, taking taking In terms of that release and that feeling of connection, I think that that's where Random X to me comes in or finding any outlet for connecting to people and feeling you can do good and help, especially when we can't actually go out and physically do that. It can be small. That's why I'm always trying to find ways that it's like all of us can help each other through this. Uh, And that to me is one of the biggest releases and biggest bright points in life that I know how to find. Most definitely. Yeah, it is. It's been so nice to reach out to people and offer help in whatever way it is. We all have different things to offer. And I think that's the other thing about Hunter, like different hunters have different skill sets. And your skill set might be that you're good at chatting. You, you might. I'm a terrible shopper. Other people might be good at going shopping for other people. That everyone has something to offer someone else at this point. I think. Yeah, I really love that advice, Rachel. You said about being mindful, taking those little precious moments, and taking it day by day, and trying to make the best out of the situation. What I wanted to ask you all is: is there anything else you would like to add, just on a personal note, or even some more advice? And we'll go ahead and start with you, Rachel. I think that the only way we're all going to make it through this time is by helping each other. I definitely have been most lifted up and helped by just I I have been lucky enough to have friends like Ruth who just check in and say are you okay I don't know if I would have had the wherewithal to reach out to friends it's very hard when you're kind of piled on with trauma going on to have the energy to reach out and so it has been a lifeline for me to have friends who just say I love you how are you And I think that that's a good reminder. We all should be doing that for each other. You're my family. I love you. I love all of you. Because it's not something where we're all going to be able to ask for help all the time. And especially there are just logistical things going on. I know I've been dealing with trying to make sure I get my regular medical infusions and things like that. Just there's so much that I think to be aware, whatever it is that people are going through, there's there's so many things that have been disrupted that are people's very lifelines that we should be cognizant of the fact that each of us needs help in our own ways. Definitely. How about you, Ruth? Uh, yeah, it's just that that awareness to me is amazing, like about all the different, you know, the way the wheels turn, all the different things that are needed. And I see a lot of companies, and I think companies who do this right now, who are reaching out, who are being mindful about how to help 
their clients or their customers will do very well in the, in the long run. You know, somebody who helps you now will hopefully get that benefit in, in the times to come. You know, companies are saying, you know, you don't have to pay this credit card bill this month or, or that, that kind of thing is, is important. It's important to try and find out how you can help yourself. For me, I'm just really aware of this kind of seesaw that I'm doing between wanting to be positive and actually feeling very positive sometimes and then seesawing into fear and guilt maybe that I felt so positive. And again, just to, to be mindful and, and to be kind to ourselves that we are all going through a lot right now, whatever your circumstance, whether it's just that you're stuck inside or whether, you know, you, Rachel, you know, you're facing something that is incredibly challenging. And I salute you, darling, for how well you are coping. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you much. I think it's, I do think for all of us, it's an important balance. Like, yes, we don't want to ignore that this is going on, but we need to find that space, you know, that thing of like, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Mm-hmm. I think we need to all find ways to heal and find that energy so that we can help each other through and lift each other through. So I think that instead of feeling guilt for it, I hope that people walk away knowing that it is okay as well to find that space, you know, love for yourself. Absolutely. And there's one more skill I wanted to add, and that is, it might sound simple, but it's so important. It's just stopping once a day to ask ourselves, what do I need right now? So I think many of us are so good with checking in with our friends and being like, hey, how are you? What do you need? But we don't do that for ourselves. And just taking that moment and asking ourselves, what do I need right now? And sometimes it could be taking a bath and sometimes it could be watching an episode of Supernatural (laughs) and sometimes it could be cuddling with our pet or taking a nap. And sometimes that's exactly the resilience building that we need in order to be able to then show up and face the rest of our day. Oh, I'm finding it so hard not to go out and like take a cat. <laughs> I want that for myself. That's what I need. I realize I need a kitten right oh, now. Oh yeah, Aww. they they would help. Yes, <laughs> for boobies. I think the most important takeaway, probably from this whole podcast, is our need for connection, and that's why I know like showing up to do this. I like the fact that I'm not in the best place, but I get to share that with people and say hey, I know there are many others going through that. And the fact that Ruth is on this podcast and she's someone that literally helped save me just by reaching out and checking in. And I think we can all be doing that for each other. Mm -hmm. So lovely. Well, you guys are such amazing hunters and heroes. And we're going to end this episode of Superhero Therapy right now. But I wanted to ask you guys if you would like to let people know where they can find you on social media. Oh, honestly, you haven't found me by now. (laughs) (laughs) It's something like Ruthie underscore Connell or something. I I know on Instagram. There there are imposters. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a blue tick. I do have a blue tick. Uh, I'm trying to work out how that works. So wish me luck. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah. And I'm at Rachel Minor one on Twitter, but more importantly, at RandomX org. A Twitter account for Random Axe. Yeah, Random Axe is amazing. 
Fantastic. You were all amazing. And thank you so much, Rachel. I know that you're going through a lot right now. And, you know, we just want to wish you the best and your family the best. And thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you both so much for joining us. And Rachel, thank you so much for sharing because I agree so many people really probably really needed to hear exactly what you had to say, exactly what you both had to say. So thank you both for joining us today. Yeah, this has been a very, very important podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and end this episode of superhero therapy again my name is dustin mcginnis you can find me on twitter at the valiant geek and i'm dr janina scarlett you can find me on twitter at shadow quill thank you for tuning in everybody stay safe out there and remember you're a superhero 